welcome to the Mindful Creator Podcast. I live by the philosophy that good or bad, we create everything in our life. If you're listening, my hope is that this podcast plants the seed in your mind that you can be the mindful creator of your world and that you might be inspired to take action to create your best life by whatever learnings impact you the most. Hey guys, welcome back to another show. Today with me, I'm honored to have Kirsty Carden. Kirsty has had a hugely successful corporate career and decided to leave it all behind to start her own business where she now works and focuses on female entrepreneurs to help them get to uh, new levels of success. Kirsty, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Amazing. So listen, like, as I mentioned, you and you shared this with me beforehand as well. You had quite an interesting uh, corporate career, which you were doing really well in. So let's talk about that first. Like, what were you doing? Why were you doing it? And then ultimately, why did you leave that to start something of your own? Sure. Yeah. So um, I kind of went straight into the media industry. So my degree that I did was in media culture communication. And kind of growing up, I didn't know much other than the media, right? Like, I, I didn't have anyone to look up to other than I just absolutely there was something about watching movies and TV mm. that was escapism, escapism and I kind of learned new things through that I was also really into self-development as well right but I didn't know there was a career path from that so it wasn't something I even thought about kind of going into so my degree kind of led me there like my choices and, and what I knew and what I was aware of um, and then I got um, a job at B Sky B so some people and like Sky Broadcasting in the media industry. And I kind of did different roles, but essentially I worked on the on-demand system. So, you know, you know, TV on demand, entertainment. So I was working there. I did various roles and I was there for about, I think it was eight years in total. Mm. And having, again, part of my story as well, I had a son very young. I had him um, while I was at uni. Um, <laughs> in between my second and third year, um, I needed some. I needed a job that I could easily like kind of work in, drop him off at school. So I didn't change uh, industry. I stayed there and just kind of worked up. And Sky is a massive company, right? Yeah. So um, I enjoyed working there. It was great until it wasn't, right? And I'm sure a lot of people can experience that thing where things start to shift and change and the shift and change kind of happened from both me and also where I was working so um there were some shifts in like I was moved to a different kind of department with different people I didn't know um a lot of the work I was doing things were getting automated and it just wasn't fun anymore I had things like um you know, I could work from home and there was some flexibility that was all taken away and it was becoming like really corporate, right? Like quite regiment, whereas before Sky was really fun. It was such a fun place to work in. And it was, you know, a, yeah, a, a, a great, like I really loved the brand and all that, but it started to change. That was my experience at that point. Um, but on a personal note, at the same point, I knew for a while that ultimately this wasn't me, right? And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that where there was just something more and I was always obsessed with self-development because um, I grew up from family that I was very different from so I grew up quite a poor family I'm one of five both my parents have like mental health issues um, oh, no wow. one was kind of looking you know like trying to be anything I grew up in council housing like so there was there wasn't any ambition there you know um, and I always was ambitious and I was always very different so even just physically how I looked like my family were all really obese um and I went the other way and you can bulimia and anorexia for a small point of time when I was 14 wow. that's one that one extreme but I always cared about my health and how I looked so it was really interesting to me to see how I grew up in this family but I thought and my ambitions and everything were very different from them right so I was always really interested in self-development how can we be so different to the environments that we're in how do I better myself which is why I went off to college which transformed my life I stayed in halls I went off to university and actually getting into a different environment which is something I promote and talk about on my own podcast really transformed my life mm. so 
I knew that the self-development part was something that I loved. And actually working at Sky, I had the opportunity to do some coaching training. So like they do, and some people, you know, you could be in corporate now, I'd like, you know, they have coaches that come in, they might do training. So I started to attend some of them. So I started to experience coaching and I was like I love this this is these are the books I read this is like what everything that I'm into so I started getting my experience of coaching through the corporation and then a friend of mine became a coach um, and she did really well at it and it was different to everything that I kind of knew that it was about you know this online space and people were able to travel and then you could create programs and there was just so much flexibility in it and so you know, so many different ways you could go about it and you can make it so personalized and the way that you want to do and, and all the things about it literally ticks every box I'd ever yeah. kind of wanted from a career, right? So I started learning about it and I was, you know, kind of in this place of like, hey, you know, what do I do? At the same point, so if we kind of wind back about 2014, um, my, my mother-in-law, who I was super, super close to, um, she she died quite suddenly um, at the end of that year and it created a year of just like all I can say is like a lot of people when something really horrible happens like you have a period of change that kind of evolves from that right so it was like I kind of reacted in a way where I was like you know, life, okay, you know, it's short, we need to go out, we need to do things. Um, my husband reacted in a really different way. He, you know, he got reactive depression from it. And it was a year of just like discovery, what am I going to do? What's happening here? Mm. It created some problems like in our own relationship, it affected our relationship. And then it kind of got, she died in December and then September the following year was when it just all came to a log. Everything from like what I said before about, you know, the corporate staff, what was, everything was changing my role. They were literally about to change things just to in a way that I was just so not aligned to I wasn't happy about it <clears throat> it kind of um you know hit a point in our relationship where it's like right I need to take time out to focus on this now my own myself as well I was getting really stressed and unhappy and I was like I made a decision it was September the 16th I'm not going back I'm going to pursue this so I literally quit my job and um signed up for a coaching program and it was one of those moments where it was 14 and a half thousand. We, the year before we'd moved into the house we're in now, which needed a complete renovation. I had a young son. There was like all the reasons not to do it. You know, like we'd, all our money had gone into this house and we had to spend a lot of money renovating it. Um, and it was like, well, where am I going to get that from? And I mean, when I asked that question, I was just like, okay, how can I do this? I changed it to how can I do this? My husband was like, how are you going to afford to do that? He believed in me and that yeah. I, this was meant for me. He was like, how are you going to afford? Like it's 14 and a half grand up front. So I just literally asked that question. I cashed in some shares. I kind of sorted all that. And then the last bit I needed literally came the exact amount on a credit card I applied for. And I managed to get it all together. And kind of the rest, I suppose, is history. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm talking more about that. Um, but yeah, but that's kind of where it all all started, really. It's that I okay. that need that feeling in me. And then that eruption of events that happened that made me go, right, it's now or never, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I love what you said about, you know, how losing someone can make you feel so reflective on life, what's happening, like what you want to do next, because yeah. literally at any moment, and we don't know this, uh, we don't know when it's going to happen, but it can all be taken away yeah. and yeah. it can all just come to a complete stop. So yeah. you, you, it does go back. It's such a fridge magnet, but you do only have one life and you know, it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with it. And I love that. Um, yeah. now you, you spoke about a lot there, so yeah, no. <laughs> unpack a couple of things. Uh, the first thing, uh, which, you know, you've, you had a son, you had a son when you were really young yeah, and that was in your, between your first and second year of uni, second and, and third year of uni. So obviously that would have had a huge impact on you and how you were approaching things. How yeah. do you think that that shaped you into who you are today? Yeah, so I think it's like because when I, as you can imagine, I was I was twenty, just like turned twenty when I found out I was pregnant, and it wasn't planned. Um, and I was at university, so everyone kind of around me was like, <clears throat> you know, it's a mistake. You know what you're doing. You know, you you can't you can't have, you know, go to university and have a son. Like, oh, like who does that? 
Whereas for me, I was just like, no, I can, I can do that. Like I knew, I always knew I wanted kids, just not yet, right? I always knew I wanted to have a child, not exactly then in the timeline, but that's what happened. And I kind of accept, you know, and I was just like, well, this is meant to happen and I can do it. Like I will do it. So I think it's that mindset, you have to have that self-belief, right? Of like other people around you could say, well, what are you doing? And I'm um, having their own opinion. And I think it's that being strong and knowing again, your values, who you are and something I teach a lot and I talk about a lot because when you know that when you know who you are what you represent what you're all about your values you can make decisions that are in alignment though you know that you can follow through and that they're right mm-hmm. for you right so when I made that decision it was just like you know it was just like yeah that knowing of like I don't know like it doesn't matter what anyone else's opinion it's like going back to you so it's that self-conviction that belief in yourself you know and it was annoying because I was trying to get away from what I came from right I was trying to get away from all this stuff and you know have a career and all that and suddenly I was like what the hell this was not in the plan right and I think that's the thing is like it isn't all in the plan but it it, in hindsight it all works out well and it does it makes you a stronger person so having to go for university or having a newborn baby but still completing my degree and doing well in that and getting a career and doing all these things it just makes you a stronger person and for one person like for me you know that was doing it all while having a newborn baby and you know everything else but someone else it could be losing a parent young you know I know a lot of the women that work with me have been for adversity themselves and it, it can be like losing a parent or it can be battling an illness or it, you know it I think we all have something and these things are there to challenge us um but ultimately as we as we work through them it, it's like a muscle right it's like when you go to the gym you need to have a weight you need to have tension you need to have pain in order for that muscle to grow if there's no pain there's no growth you know so if you go do that going to some easy way nothing's going to change yep. so actually any of these things are actually sent there to make us stronger and therefore we're able to to deal with with more things right and we're able to know ourselves as well and have more self-conviction as well I think definitely uh something that you shared with me uh last week when we spoke before we actually organized the date for this was that your your son saved your life yes (laughs) that's something that I'd definitely love to explore yeah so as I mentioned a little bit earlier really briefly and when I was um 14 from about 14 15 and it kind of went on I got an eating disorder so I lost a load of weight really quickly not that I was, wasn't even big I was just literally I went through puberty quite young I got curvy and I wanted to lose weight. I didn't want to be like my family right so you know I saw how big they were even my sister who was 18 months younger and I just I didn't want to go in that trajectory and the only thing I could control was what I ate right so stopped eating um and obviously I ate tiny little bits but I pretty much shut that down and do you know what that was <clears throat> and even though that was a negative thing you just drink some water even though it was a negative way that I reacted because I was really young <clears throat> there was still a lesson in that for me to understand that actually when I put my mind to something like I'm not going to eat or I'm not going to do that or I'm going to lose weight I can do it so I had such you know when you're young you have such limit control on what you can control you're living with your parents they're kind of almost in control of your life right you can't go off and do whatever but that was something I could have control of so I did so I lost a lot of weight quite quickly um and it wasn't too long before then you know I started eating again I didn't really get any help you know like I didn't get the support I needed but I did manage to get out of that and kind of being at you know kind of the anorexic stage but I did get bulimia so because I was forced to eat by people that meant I got um I got bulimic so I'd throw things up and 14 to 16 that was probably at its worst and that but it never completely went away so anytime I'd eat something that felt bad unhealthy you know or if I felt like I'd binged or eaten too much I would just it was a complete habit I would just vomit right so I so I'd still have bulimia wow. and the way that Jalen my son like saved my life was that the moment I found out I was pregnant with him at 20 it stopped instantly so it was that whole thing of like knowing that this wasn't just about me anymore you know I have a baby I need to eat and again it may be super healthy and really think about things in a different way right like we can when we're young we can think about like I don't want to be like that person I want to be slim right we don't really think about I want a really good health I want to you know like for the, the reasons I think now yeah but it was like a turning point because it wasn't about me anymore it was about 
it was about him and making sure he ate, you know, he was getting the nutrition and, and it literally instantly stopped. It literally stopped. So I think it's more ways than just that, because I think once I became a parent, I was able to, I, I think being a parent is one of the, the biggest self de- that and having a business, I think is the biggest self-development journeys you can ever be on the things that you learn about yourself and the things that you, you know, you change and alter. But yeah, I think he really, that he saved my life for me stopping that, that trait, that behavior that, you know, was going on for years. No one else helped, you know, no one helped me, but I didn't get the support with it, but it was, I had a reason why, you know, I think that's so important in business in life is to have a reason why, had a reason why not to do it. And then that changed everything, you know, and, and the way I looked at food and the way I looked at my body, like even after having a baby, just like, oh my God, like how amazing is my body that, you know, it created a human and that, you know, I was able to feed a human and that I was able to do all this stuff and that, you know, it magically went all back to pretty much how it was before. And, you know, all it is just like, wow, how incredible is is the human body so I was able to look at my body image differently I was able to look at health and food differently all through that experience so it's almost like things happen for a reason because if I you know if that hadn't happened I don't know how long would I have been how long would I've been in that that those four patterns you know yeah. so so yeah so that's how that's how Jalen my son saved me yeah. I love that and yeah. I, I love how you phrase it as well it kind of shifted you from thinking about how you looked, thinking about who you were comparing yourself to, to actually shifting all of that focus into how can I make sure that I'm looking after this new thing that's being created inside of me, this new human that's being created inside of me, which is now all of a sudden the most important thing in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm not there personally yet. We don't have any kids or anything like that, but uh, I have no doubt it's going to be one of the most transformative experiences uh without fail yeah yeah just... yeah no, it, totally, it totally is and there's so many of them right and some people it's having children but for others it's it could be it can be something completely you know completely different um but that was obviously my experience my experience yeah. of it you know <clears throat> I've already been through through that journey once but it was life-changing and I think anyone who's had kids will say that you know Definitely. So one of the other things that you mentioned was um, about your values mm-hmm. and how your values are core to why you make certain decisions. And obviously that sounds like it comes directly into the business that you're doing now as well. So, yeah. you know, what, what are your values and what are some of your core values and why are they so important to you? Yeah, 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 it's good. It's a good point. And it's, I think it's just so important that we all know our values. Like, it's really important. And if anyone like listening doesn't know that, doesn't know what their values are, like, spend some time thinking about them. And you often know just from like, when you think about, you know, what kind of, what stuff do you absolutely love? Like, what motivates you? You know, all of that, all of those things that you're drawn towards will reflect in your values. And then the things that you hate, you can't stand, you stand against, you know, it's like the things you stand for, the things you stand against. Um, so for me, um, love is like my number one value. Everything has to be with, like with love. And that's how I'm totally out of alignment. Things don't work if I don't do things that I'm loving around people that I love, like everything kind of comes to a place of love. Um, like trust like integrity like anything around being honest and trust like that's really important and that's the thing like you know even being in the online space that you know how I know the things that I stand against because I hate lies like I can't stand when people lie like I I just I just can't I hate it like it literally I have a physical body reaction to it and I can tell as well you know I'm like NLP trained I'm very um, intuitive I can instantly tell when someone lies like (laughs) so when people do it it's just like oh my god like it makes me feel really uncomfortable right so um yeah like so so for me trust like love trust humor is really important as well so like you know you can think of some of these these big ones but humor like I have to have again the clients I work with the way I work you know I do a lot of speaking of events um and I coach people and like I think it's important to have a sense of humor about things right like emotions help you change things I'm I'm not a stagnant person where I'm like really serious and I find it quite hard to be around people that are really serious again it's also like and my husband's really funny and like you know I I, I find that attractive right when people have humor and they bring humor to stuff so there are a few of them. Growth, you know, is really, really important. Connection, 
um I could keep going but they're like the kind of the top five you know values I could keep going my values but they kind of entwine into everything that I do you know um and if I'm living those if I'm doing those I feel good and if I'm not so if I'm not growing if I'm not feeling connected you know um if I'm not telling my truth if I'm not doing you know then I am feeling out of alignment right and things aren't going well whereas when I stick to those and my actions are around those in my business my personal life then I'm feeling good right and I think again that's the same for everyone everyone listening right now it's like that's why it's really important to know that and they're the same as my brand values right I've got a personal brand at the end of the day so it goes through my business how you know people in my team I want them to communicate and do things and also you know even when I hire people you know I'm aware of if people don't they're very straight if they're you know, I'm like mm, you're probably not going to wear that well in this team um so like all of it you know it really helps you make sure you, you attract the right people around you and you know your messaging you know I do a lot of stuff you know content social media how you how you come across like um it all I think comes down to your values so yeah I think I answered your question no you, you definitely did so <laughs> and what I want to uh, kind of dive deeper into is and I'm sure this has happened multiple times and then you've had to course correct, but what, what's been the impact of making a decision more rationally and maybe going against your core values Mm. and you know, how has that affected you? Um, And how quickly did you realize that had happened and kind of turn it around? Yeah. So I think one of the things that has happened before is like sometimes work in it sounds bad but working with a coach or a mentor that you may have thought they were one thing or like that they had certain values and then noticing that so like um I worked with a mentor a few years ago and noticed that their their honesty and their trust in like what they were saying and what they were doing was different and what they were projecting and putting on their ads and putting on things was very different and it was kind of escalating even to like then I was hearing stuff about how they were treating different people and stuff like that so it's hard when you've already made a decision or you've already spent a lot of money, um, but it makes you feel uncomfortable. I think the only thing you can do in certain situations is confront it, speak to someone, you know, about it as well and learn from it so that you can go, okay, what, what, what mindset was I in when I made that decision? I think sometimes you make it from fear, right? Rather than expansion and growth. So I think we have to be careful when we make, fear-based decisions or we make decisions too quickly or you know we don't have enough of the facts you know I think it both comes from us and from the things that we can learn as well um to kind of course correct that you know um but we're always gonna there's always gonna be times where we make mistakes we don't know the full picture we can only go on how we feel at the time the knowledge we have at the time and if that change in orders like we can't help that so we have to give ourselves some slack and we have to get the best out of every opportunity um but generally I'm pretty good with like making decisions based on my values. I rarely, I rarely don't, not anymore. I probably did maybe in my younger years, but I rarely ever do. I'm pretty good. Like even just with like the relationships, like I've only ever had like three relationships, two in the long term, like my husband, my son's dad, who I was with for five years. And then my husband, whom we've been with for 14 years and my first boyfriend. And I had another little bo- a boyfriend, but I've never, like, I've always been with really nice guys. Like I'd never say anything bad about them and I've never had anyone cheat on me. I've never, like, I'm pretty good with like sussing people out. And I think that's sometimes, you know, so that it's an aligned um, decision, you know, and it's not something that you regret. Like it may be that you've both changed and evolved, but it's not like, Oh God, I can't believe that. Oh, they're like that. Like their values are completely different. Like it all matched up. It was good, but like you might change and evolve into a different place rather than it being, you know, it being out of whack. And I think knowing yourself, um, you know, and being, and, and, always being really honest I think I think sometimes people at the beginning of a relationship try to be someone else right I think that can happen in business decisions and things like that and that's where things go wrong because people act one way at the beginning and then they change further down the line or their real self comes out or they feel they should be someone else or they should be acting a certain way or doing something different so I think it's just owning who you are you know right from the start you know the, the, the crap parts of you and the, and the great parts of you and being honest about that and it's funny I feel like I can go off on a tangent a little bit but you know no, <laughs> I don't think good. that's, that's what it's going to happen yeah but, you know you know what one of the things that when I met my husband and what I really loved about him compared to any man I've ever met 
was that he saw my my crap side like he said he could see that in me he could see the parts of me that were you know that weren't my perfect parts right straight like kind of you know really soon right and yeah he loved me anyway right he accepted them he saw them he didn't think I was perfect like many men had like put me on this pedestal like you're absolutely perfect but he he didn't you know like he he thought I was perfect but he could see my imperfections and actually I really loved that so I think it's like this is where the honesty and the truth and the just being that way you're going to make better decisions knowing yourself but also being honest to others I think sometimes we hide parts of ourselves and then therefore relationships can break down both in business yeah. personally because we haven't been completely upfront ourselves like life's a mirror we have to take responsibility for any decision we make as well right and sometimes because that, that can be because we've hidden parts of ourselves so we haven't been totally honest with ourselves so we try to convince ourselves that we like certain things that we don't you know so I think that really being honest with yourself and open and integral is is a key part key a key part to it as well yeah. I love that so for anyone listening who has maybe a small idea of their values or maybe actually has never even considered thinking about what their values mm -hmm. are what yeah. could they practically do by spending some time thinking about it? What could they practically do to maybe extract two or three or four core yeah. values? How could they recognize that? Yeah. So like I said at the beginning, like that whole thing of like thinking about what you stand against. So like, just think about your day to day life. Like, what is it that you see that repels you? I think most people that I found, I do a lot of workshops and I get people to think about it. A lot of people find it easier to know what they what they hate rather than what they like <laughs> it's like the way we're programmed right so when you think about when you're on social media like what is it that you see and you're like oh it makes you feel really uncomfortable you don't like it or you're having a conversation with someone or you see something on the news like what is it that you're that you feel really uncomfortable about like I freaking like I hate discrimination I hate any type of discrimination I hate anything where people aren't treated equally like it makes me feel so uncomfortable I hate lies I hate um things that like affect the environment that affect people i hate, freaking hate racism like there's so many things that i feel i get proper physical reaction in my body mm. right because my values are the opposite to that so i but again that's what i know where i stand against and then again what are the things that get you excited what is it when you've had your best moments when you've been in flow when you're feeling great what's normally happening right you're in a state of grow for you with your loved ones are you cuddling your child or are you with your partner like what is it that kind of moves you and makes you feel good or when you see it, it lights you up you know what is it that you're doing what is it that the actions are you taking um but you can either way whether even if you're only one side of those things you'll still work out what your values are right so um so yeah so it's just it's literally from that place so me knowing that when I see or hear people lie and I feel so uncomfortable about it, I know that honesty and trust is so important to me, you know, and the same finding a partner, the same in business, it reflects everywhere, you know, I know that, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I, I know when it's, um, you know, when I'm growing, when I'm doing something that's involving, you know, I'm involving or being challenged, I feel lit up, you know, I feel like my myself, right, my voice is going, it takes more, I've got to the mic in a bit, um, so it's doing that, ask, asking those questions, noticing how you feel, noticing when you do certain things, what lights you up, what repels you. And from that, you can get your your values. So yeah. I love that. And yeah, I, I agree. That's a very, you know, even if you start off by just noticing what you don't like, noticing what you don't agree with, noticing what you can't stand for, yep. uh, yep. will give you a good idea of what you do resonate with, what you do yeah. uh, respond to in a positive way as well. Yeah, um exactly. so let's talk about your business let's talk about mm -hmm. what you do now you know yeah. you're you're a coach you work with women specifically uh to help them in their businesses how yep. wh why was that the point of focus and mm. you know what why why do you even do that right now yeah so again because it kind of goes back to what we spoke about at the beginning when I you know when I decided to become a coach so I think this is the thing of when you start a business it evolves doesn't it so when I started my business I was a like a life coach a life purpose coach I worked with clients one-on-one -on -one, right I didn't start off by working or mentoring people um, in business right that didn't happen that evolved and I think this is the thing we've always got to be aware of like things evolve right we, we don't always 
know we we know the next step we don't always know step 25 you know 150 you know like and I think that's the thing is that things evolve so um it evolved for me so from becoming a coach knowing that that was something that I naturally was like I always just naturally coached people but also I love education and I love training and I, I love all that part part stuff as well um and self-development so when I had been a coach for about a year and people were kind of wanting me um, because my business had been really successful again if you're passionate about something and you're all in you know my business did very well like from the get-go right working with clients and then starting doing events and selling some digital products so people naturally started wanting more business stuff so people are like how did you do it you know like people were asking me those questions and I was just studying it like crazy right and I you know done a certification I was joining programs learning a lot about business too so after a year or so, it just naturally started evolving into that, you know, whereas I, I was more of a success coach. And then, you know, after like a year or so after that, I then started becoming more of a business mentor. So um, that's where I create group programs. And for me, because I I joined group programs and they never felt completely in alignment. Again, like they weren't completely my people. It was and community and creating that was, I think, again, really important to me because I think also if you come from a family that you're very different from or you didn't have a parent who was that mentor, that role model, I think for me, I almost needed to fulfill what I didn't get in childhood, right? Mm. Like both through being a parent, but also almost through uh, the role that I play for women, being that mentor for them, because I always say you teach what you want to learn. Okay. And I think it's really important to realize that, that often the stuff that you teach, you want to learn it yourself. So it's a reflection. So sometimes knowing what it is that you like to receive yourself or the change you want, you, you will naturally, and the best way to learn is through teaching. It really is. It's, it's shown like in study after study shows that actually the best way we learn is actually through teaching something. Yep. So um, I was drawn to that kind of role and specifically working with, with women as well. Um, again just to, to niche down and just because I could really get into the heads of women and um, and because you know I think I know women things that women struggle with and how they think is is different to how many men think like I, I know I know a lot of men yeah, I live with two men <laughs> like I'm around them but the things that hold them back can be different to the things that hold women back and even just understanding the role of like being a, a mom and all the different things that kind of come with that and stuff as well so um I also wanted to bring communities of women together because I've seen like how women can be like divisive as well and not support each other like and it can get a bit bitchy or competitive and I hate all of that and I don't want to attract women like that so by me sharing my values by me getting out there and showing how I am I've attracted constantly and this is like you look at any of my reviews like if you go onto my Facebook I've got like 60 odd like five star reviews on Facebook I've got them in all different places Google and all that but those are people mention the community of the kinds of women that I attract as well because you attract what you are right so um, by me going out there being really upfront with my values how I am how I do things getting results people I, I attract similar types of women so then the women get on really really well and I create really good communities and I then started to love that aspect of actually not just working one-on-one -on -one, which was limited I wanted to work with groups which not only could expand like my reach um expands everything right makes things more flexible I can work with multiple people um I can work with so many more people but I can also create this um this community aspect and it creates another layer of accountability and again you've got your you've got, you've got the accountability with your mental but actually having that group accountability too it adds to it as well people tend to in different environments like that show up as a better, even better version of themselves so um that's where it started evolving so I started doing masterminds and then um, I created um, an online business training academy which actually um, I'm re-releasing that so I've Mastermind's been going five years. The online um, business training academy, which was called the Female Entrepreneur Evolution Academy, that's going four years. And actually, for January, I'm re-releasing it as like its kind of next version. It's always involved, yeah. But I made it a lot more holistic in its approach now, <clears throat> and I made like a big change up, which I feel really excited about. You know, when I had that year of like something doesn't feel right, I need to change things up again. So I re kind of ramped things up and I'm re-releasing that in a new way. I just have a sip of water. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that's kind of the reasons I, I do that. 
and the women that I work with often have been through adversity too. So again, you by putting your story, you, you attract like-minded people, right? But they know that they're meant for more and they're motivated by impact, you know, predominantly. There's a lot of people that are only motivated by income. Income is part of it. Like my model pretty much through all my programs is <clears throat> impact, income, integrity, right? So this is about doing everything for a place of integrity. Knowing yourself, right? It's about alignment. It's not by it's not like a generic business strategy. It's about making sure it's an aligned business strategy. Um integration. So this is where like my the mindset principles or the things that I do, nervous system work, like this is where you integrate the change yeah. and then implementation. So like it's really about action. The only thing that happens, the only thing that changes is when you actually activate it through action. Okay. So I build into all my programs implementation, implementation sessions. I show people how they can do things, the right activities in smaller amounts of time and to train themselves to do that and to implement because there's so many programs out there that people just literally, you know it's just it's just teaching you it's just knowledge based but we all know something but we don't do it right and my the way I like to do things differently is I like to integrate change and I like to implement change I do that if you come along to a one day event or whether you join my programs it's all about integrating and implementing it so you actually walk away change I don't want people to come dependent on me I want you to actually transform right I want you to actually change and evolve so that's essentially kind of yeah what I do obviously I've created digital products I, I do speaking I do a lot of different events um and it's always evolving and changing we're always evolving and changing as well but I think the core of it has always stayed the same I've stayed the same but through my experience and knowledge oh, I didn't mention like two three years ago I got CPD accredited so I, I actually can give accreditations now and CPD points if anyone doesn't know what that is it's like continued professional development points you know, doctors loads of people need them um, and I, I'm able to give that a certification so it's about developing a better experience a higher level learning experience making yeah. sure that things are validated because a lot there's a lot of people that teach stuff that you know they just kind of pulled a load of stuff together and it's it, it doesn't create a proper experience so actually having external people to validate it too makes it I think it just it heightens the level of what mm. people get as well and they, again it's about they only get the certification they get that when they implement it you know and I think that's something that can be missing with everything that we do you know people can listen to podcasts read books watch documentaries go to university like you know do a course but they never actually really implement it they've got all this knowledge going around in their head but no actual implementation and, and knowledge about implementation is is nothing I'm sorry my mind then isn't it is you don't get you don't get anywhere with it right it's great and actually I think it can be more frustrating I think when you know certain things but you don't implement them and you know you want them, but you don't do anything. I think that can be more frustrating than, you know, that is say ignorance is bliss, right? So actually knowing something, but not doing anything about it, wanting something, not doing it, having the knowledge, but not actually applying it, I think can be even more frustrating. And that's something where I've gone like, I don't want to have people coming along, doing a program, you know, just spending their money and not getting a result. I'm very results orientated with what I do. Right. That's, I feel like it's a long winded version, but hopefully I've made my point. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Why I, I, do it. I love what you said because implementation is key to everything. Right. So there's a couple of things that you yeah. mentioned, but uh, let's talk about implementation first, because that is literally what uni is. Uni can give you a certificate, but unless you go and implement what uni teaches you, whether that's over one, two, three, four, sometimes seven years, depending on the course that you're doing. Yeah. If you don't go and implement it, uh, what is the point of it? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. you know, you can, you can probably do a lot more implementation before you even get to uni. Um, if that is something that you're potentially considering, yeah. then what uni will teach you to then go and implement. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, then it's all down to you anyway. So if you weren't a person who was going to implement beforehand, maybe one of the questions that you can start asking yourself on a moment of self self reflection is, what can I do to implement what I know at this stage, so yes. I can condition myself to become someone who does things and gets a result and implements. Yeah. Even if you've got limited knowledge, it's yeah. powerful to become someone who can become an implementer. 
essentially. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think going back to what you said about university, I just think the educational system doesn't teach us to implement. So it's like a skill that we're not really taught unless our parents or someone else teaches it. Like that we're not really taught how to implement what we know. We're just taught to learn things, mm. you know, remember them and then answer questions right we're rarely taught how to really implement the knowledge like how do you make sure that you actually are implementing it so like everything that I do it's very like every programming course it's really about how how you're going to actually implement it how you're going to actually action it how you're going to make this happen because I think too many of us too many of us just learn and learn and learn but we're not really sure how do we actually implement this knowledge or can I you know like you can get confused right and then learn something else and do another certification and do that I see this a lot, you know, with people that I work with where people can just be like, I need another certification, I need another this. And sometimes it's about, you know, like not thinking that you're good enough, right? It's like, I'll only be good enough or whatever when I've done this and this and that. And that you just need to know something before something happens, you know, like something magically, then the action happens, but it doesn't, right? Like yeah. you have to do that. You have to be the one that implements change. No one's going to do it for you, you know? Yes, you can hire people as you do that, but still you've got to hire people. You've got to train them. You've got to do stuff, right? So it is um, it is about applying knowledge. And I think many of us, if, 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 you, if you haven't like, applied things and you're like oh god I feel like I'm probably not an implementer then I don't, I don't feel bad about it because I, I we're not taught how to properly implement we're just taught like especially with courses and learning and stuff like that we're given a lot of knowledge but not shown how to really action it implement it and integrate the changes and a lot of that comes from habits and practices and something that you know that I teach because it's what you do daily that defines who you are at the end of the day right not what you do sometimes it's not reading a book and taking one action it's it's integrating it into your daily life into your routines you know so it becomes a natural way of doing things just like when you get up I'm sure many people have a different routine but a lot of people get up and the first thing they think is coffee right and they might go and make themselves a coffee or it could be a drink or maybe they have a shower like there's these triggers right and people do certain things or brushing your teeth like it's, it's such a habit right now that you just do it and you don't think about it it's in your unconscious not in your conscious so this is how we integrate change and implementation it's like we have to make it something that becomes easy and part of your routine rather than it being this standalone separate thing that you'll get to one day or tomorrow or Monday, right? So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like talking about. It. I, lo I love talking about it because it's it's so, it's so important, right? And I think it's such a missed out point. And, and we can implement implement sometimes isn't isn't going to work in the same way. As just being an implementer, right? Um, whatever it is that you want. And this is the thing: if there's something you've never done before you have to change what you do, right? And mm -hmm. that is the hardest part because we're creatures of habit. We're used to doing the same stuff all the time. So it's the hardest thing then changing your routines and your actions and what you do. But once you do it for a period of time, it then becomes a new habit. You know, you just got to stick with it. Yeah, hundred percent. And and this also then leads perfectly onto what you said earlier as well, which is being able to teach something means that you have understood it to a very comprehensive level and yeah. actually like I was listening I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and uh Jordan Peterson came up and he says himself like to be successful in anything you need to surround yourself with three three types of people uh you have a mentor someone who's been there done it someone who you can learn from you have a person who's at the same level as you so a peer so that you can compare your results to and that uh, I believe uh, resonates with what you said around creating a community of people that are on the same journey yeah. so that you can see what the other person's doing you can see the results that they're getting it gives you a challenge to do better as yeah. well and then you the third uh, element of those three people is having someone who's below your level not in a condescending way, but someone who's maybe younger in the journey, someone who's fresher in the journey so that you can teach what you've learned too. Yeah. Because if you can teach it to them, it's going to solidify your own learning. And that's going to give you an advantage against your peers because you're going to be able to be more thorough in the way that you implement. Yeah. And you're still going to be guided from the person that's above you in that journey yeah. as well. And yeah. that resonates perfectly with what you said. Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally agree with that 
that I love it. I love him as well. His work's amazing. Mm. Um, to- totally, totally agree with with all of that. Yeah. So everyone here now knows three the three types of people you need. Obviously, one of them is a group, right? It could be one person. Yeah. But having a group definitely does help, you know, and it motivates you. You don't feel alone, you know. You are who you surround yourself with often. And, you know, a lot of us, especially if you're starting a business, for example, if you're around people, your family, your partner, whoever, and they don't have a business, and all you're hearing is ideas and stuff and them going, oh, it's a bit dangerous to have a business, isn't it? Or this and that. They've got no idea. You're getting surrounded by that. And where's your mind going to go? It's going to go, oh, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe, you know, you dip in, it doesn't work. And then they're, yeah. they're telling you that, yeah, maybe you should go back to a job. So you do. Whereas when you're around people and they're going through highs and lows and you're actually seeing that, actually, that's normal. And that, that you know, there's ways around it. And that person, you know, they had three crap months, but suddenly, you know, the last three months have been incredible and you know, you see the ups and downs, you have people to liaise with, then that becomes your normal way of thinking and being. So it really helps with just that, like the environment that you surround yourself with the people. Definitely. And it just brings me back to that whole quote, like if a flower's not growing in the environment that it's in, do you blame mm-hmm. the flower or do you just take it out of that environment, put it into a fresh environment of soil and nutrients and everything else and just watch it bloom? Yeah. And yeah. it's we're, we're exactly the same. It's It's just nature. And exactly. our environment can determine so much about the way we think, the way we feel, how we approach things, our energy towards uh, getting things done, even yeah. our attitude towards implementing anything yeah. Yeah, will exactly. be a result of the environment we're in as well. So, you know, that idea of creating a community where you have people who are willing to do the same thing as what you're wanting to do yeah. changes everything does it totally does in and your physical environment as well i talk a lot about this on my podcast like i recently changed my office round and it, it just changing that environment it gave me a different buzz it gave me a different feeling like you know when things are cluttered and messy that affects how you think and feel as well you know like so it's the environment of people but also just the daily environment that you're in and again we anchor different um meanings and feelings to different environments right like if you're trying to start business you know don't go in your living room that you associate your bedroom where you associate with relaxation right and try and work there because you've already created that connection there create a new room or go off somewhere to do it you know or do it in your dining room table like somewhere that feels more structured or you know feel like you have to have an office in there and and make sure you work in there as well so it's all of that you know it's it's there's so many different parts to it but definitely like we are the environment we're in and 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 the easiest way i will say to change is by changing your environment like that's the easiest thing get around people who have done it before you know you know get get the knowledge get the practices get get into a different physical environment because then that's naturally just gonna feed off i always get it's like separate but something i get annoyed about is i'm uh, half portuguese my mum's portuguese and okay. uh, you could have easily have taught me portuguese growing up right because again that all she had to do was to talk to me in portuguese and that would have been the easiest way for a young baby child to learn portuguese you know my dad could have spoke english she could have chose you know portuguese in just sometimes mm-hmm. and i would have naturally learned it i wouldn't have had to go for a structured program to learn it and to answer questions and all that i just know portuguese but she never did <laughs> she never did i'm always like why did you not just talk to me in portuguese like why did you not do that i would have loved to have known it like it's like half of my heritage um but you know what i mean it's that environment right and it, so it's like an easier way i could easily and, and there are kids right can you speak another language yeah so i do speak Gujarati. Yeah, and your parents spoke to you in it. That's literally, so, yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. Why I know yeah, it. so, so yeah. you were lucky that they, that you know, they, they, they did that. They were, they were good parents. That- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, why did you do it? Um, mm. But you know what I mean. But it was just, but it was easy for you. You don't, you never felt like anything hard, or that you don't have to think a different. It just came, it came naturally because you were in that environment. You were spoken to in that way, and therefore you, you're bilingual now, right? You didn't have to try and uh, think about it, get into a thing, structure, sit there writing words, do all that. Your environment created that so that you're now bilingual and you can speak in two different languages, right? So it just yeah. shows you just it's like the power of something really simple, you know. That's a great yeah. point because um even looking back on it now, my grandparents never spoke English. Mm. Or it was like one or two words. So yeah. that environment forced me to speak a different way. Otherwise, yeah. there was zero communication. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it would just be like a yes or no head nod. And that would be exactly what I'd be able to do. So that environment created that outcome. And I exactly. it was it's almost like you want your environment to create a no choice option where yes. the oh, only yeah. option is 
to get that outcome. Exactly. Oh, and I, I talk about this, like my number second podcast I ever did, it's on my, my, my podcast, Transformer Kirsty Carden. Um, I talk about containers of success. Um, and this is a big part of it. It's, it's about getting in that environment. And like you said, when you've got no other choice, you do it. Just like, you know, I had my son at 20, like we were talking about, I had no other choice but to grow up to be a mum, to, to do those things. And I was at uni, I was committed to it and to complete my degree. You know, for a lot of people, they're like, how did you do that? I was in a point where it was no choice. Some people may add a choice where they go, I could just quit now. That was never an option for me, right? So I had to do that. I am now a mum. I have to do that. And do, so it's like you it makes you grow up it makes you become a yeah. person it's just like when I started my business I quit my job I burnt my bridges I had no income stream from there anymore I had to do it and I worked it out you know my savings everything how long I had till I had to make it the money and then literally the month the the month where I needed to start making money again right I'd like in the savings were dwindling and everything like I made money right because I had no other choice I had to no make other money. option yeah, exactly. I'd invested so much money in this program. You know, it was £14,500 investment. I had to do it. You know, it doesn't come from you thinking, oh, when, when I have enough money, when the time comes, when this, then I'll do it. It comes from you pre-committing to what you want and putting skin in the game, right? Or like something, sometimes it's something like, like I definitely like losing my mother-in-law was a trigger to me starting my business. Like something that pushed me to make it happen. Mm. You know, having my son, you know, create certain aspects of my character. Like there were certain things that pushed me. And then sometimes you have to create the push. And yeah. sometimes that's why I love mentorship. Like, you know, you get the right mentorship and coaching and programs like, you know that is going to push you because you've put skin in the game then right and you said right I'm doing that and then essentially you're going to lose you know you're going to lose money or you're going to you're going to lose time you're going to lose something if you don't do it you've now put yourself in that container so therefore you're much more likely to do it than if you say no one day when this happens when that happens or you're doing it on your own so yeah I think that whole thing of like it having to be something rather than it being a, it would be nice. It changes everything, you know, and sometimes we have to be proactive, you know, sometimes life pushes us like, you know, your situation, you grew up and you had to speak like that to your parents, like you to your grandparents, it pushes you. You have to do that. You had to learn it or yeah. you wouldn't be able to communicate with your grandparents. Right. A bit like me having my son at a certain age, but then other things it's like saying you want, and then you've got to then take an action. You've got to put some skin in the game to make that change quit that job or like sign up to that program or move to that country or marry that person right like it's something that then commits you to making it work it's like you get yeah. married and you go I'm committed to this person and I'm gonna you know when things get tough I'm actually gonna work on it I'm not gonna you know walk out on it because I made that commitment I'm in this now there's so much to lose if I don't obviously there are options and again your values and, and what's important to you will determine what you think and you decide, yeah. you know, and, and, and again, even if that relationship was right in the first place, but it, it creates a commitment for you to then act on it. Right. So, yeah, no, I love this conversation. I talk about it, talk about it all the time. <laughs> no, I, I think it's such a powerful conversation because what you said is true. Like sometimes you can just add a choice. So yeah. like I, and also, I mean, we, we always have choice. I think that's uh, important to recognize as well. So, um, it felt like no option because yes. I wanted to be able to yes. communicate with my yeah, grandparents. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. for me, it was like, there was no yeah. other option, but to yeah. force myself through a very uncomfortable few years of stumbling <laughs> over the way that I would say words and not fully yeah, getting yeah. a sentence out and stuff like that. But the alternative, if I taken the other choice was basically not be able to have that conversation. Mm, and yes. the consequence of that was too much for me to go uh, exactly. like I'm happy with that choice because I wasn't exactly yeah yeah and that goes back to you know obviously your age would have affected that too but you know your values of like family or caring or wanting connection with them and love and do you know what I mean so it goes back to those values of like that is important to me so I'll pursue it. I'll make sure I can communicate with my grandparents you know and I care what my parents think and I care about that rather than it being something that's dismissive and actually it's not that important you know so yeah. it's like it's an important thing and it comes back to who you are and that starts forming your values starts forming things doesn't it like you knowing that you could do that from such a young age would have created something in you and a belief in you too, you know, and help reform those values and things that maybe you got passed on from your grandparents from being able to communicate with them. So it all, it, it's like a roller coaster, isn't it? It just kind of adds on to it, you know, like tumbleweed. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's so true because even uh, during COVID, so me and my wife, we had a uh, 
we did an exercise where we basically wrote down for the first time and you know we've been together since we were basically kids so we were 17 and 18 years old when we got together and we're 35 now so it's pretty much half our lives and in that time we'd never sat down and written down what our values actually are Mm, yeah so you know when and every relationship will have friction and people have different opinions and yeah you're different people right you're not the same person so obviously things not always will be the same and we wrote down all of our values and we ended up with a list of like 30 different things Mm, and we were like yeah it was a lot (laughs) uh so as in not 30 of my own but like 30 collectively um and it was interesting because we were like there was things that we saw the other person write down that we didn't even realize was of importance to that person. Yeah, such an important activity to do. There. Yeah, and you know, just being able to see that, and you know, we still don't like remember it all the time. We still have to go back to it uh, a lot, but just having that and knowing that it's something that is of importance to the other person has yeah. made such a shift for yeah. us as a couple who's been together for a really long time. Yeah because we do see things differently and then you know just like with everything else you suddenly go back to the default version that you were in when you were kids and stuff and then it takes you a little bit of time to come back out of that again and then you refocus and then you realize no there's another way we are an evolution of who we were yeah and therefore we can choose a different way to react and be with each other based on what we now know as more detailed information about each other as well exactly Exactly. so yeah Values is everything. Uh, and I don't think even I've realized just how important that is mm. uh, consciously, but just over time, because of mm. circumstances, situations, you realize yeah. that you actually do place more importance on those things, yeah. especially as you get older and yeah. choose different things more consciously. Yeah. yeah. Because all your, you know, like I think one of the uh, hardest things for people sometimes is just, it's making like making decisions like we have to make so many decisions right and we can get decision fatigue right the more decisions we have to make the the harder it becomes we almost we wear our brain out right the less mm-hmm. decisions we have to make which is where habits and implementation and all that comes into it as well but by knowing your values it makes it easier to make decisions yeah so if you're Definitely. really aware of it you can easily go is that a yes or is that a no and actually it doesn't align to that of course your goals as well right but your values are kind of uh, governed by your goals so yes. you have to know your values before you know your goals because otherwise it's going to be you're going to be out of alignment right so it's linked to your goals your values then you can go that's a yes that's a no so you you save more time you make better decisions you live a more line life you you mm-hmm. live a better life because of actually knowing these things so it's it's really important that sometimes we and this is the thing sometimes we think we know our values or we think we know our goals, but we've picked them from things we've seen outside of ourselves. This is why it's important to be around the right people and, and, and spending the time knowing this stuff because you see something on social media, you see some friends done this, you see, oh yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, no, it's important to me to have a nice car or it's important to me to do that. Or you know, maybe, you know, you don't know until you get into it. Just like when I started, and I'm still interested in media, I still love I do love, I think, the power of storytelling and a good film and TV is really powerful. And I think it helps us think. And I think from, you know, right to we were cavemen, we've always told stories. And I think it is a powerful medium. Um, but not necessarily was, you know, that what I was doing in the media industry wasn't necessarily what I was meant to do, right? Um, so it's like, I only knew from my environment what I saw, what I felt, you know, from from all of that, right? So I think got to understand that sometimes we, we have to do, we keep evolving. We've got to spend the time realigning our goals, knowing yeah. our values, what we want. And then we're going to make better, easier decisions all the time, which creates a better life ultimately, which is what we all want, right? It's literally what we all want is a better life to be happier. So Definitely. And that leads me on perfectly to the last couple of questions. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you just said it, you know, we throughout history have loved storytelling, uh, mm. you know, which is why we resonate so much with books and movies. So what are, what would you say is your favorite or mo- more most impactful book and movie that's oh had God. such a significant uh, shift for you? Okay. All right. Let me try and think, because there's a few. And as I watch and, and read different things, it changes all the time. Um I think it's far I'm going for movie first. Yep. There's if there's a few, right? But mm. I think 
there's, there's a few, so it's hard to say one, but you know what? I'm going to go for one that I watched as a child, okay? okay? Because I think we're so susceptible by what we watch as a child. Um, and the one that's come into my mind, so again, I, I I do a lot of work with where I'm just like, whatever comes up first, listen to that, because there's a reason you're unconscious. Yep. So what's coming up is, do you know Annie, the 1984 movie Oh, yeah, Annie, yeah. The orphan, right? Yeah. Um, I used to watch that all the time as a child, right? And I still like it now, and I love the music. And I noticed that if I'm feeling down or anything, like if I'm feeling a bit, I put on a song from Annie, <laughs> and I feel really happy. So there's some link to that. There's some neuro just link that I've created from the happiness that made me feel and I think growing up that was escapism because I felt odd right I felt different I felt like I was adopted sometimes my dad was adopted but I sometimes felt like that and I questioned <laughs> I was like because I felt so different right yeah. and there's a whole and you've said that a couple there. of times so that yeah. really yeah, makes yeah, I sense felt different why you from my environment yeah and then I suppose Annie had this amazing obviously soundtrack and all that, but it was this person that, you know, you could come from poverty, which I did, but you could create, and obviously she kind of got pulled into that, you know, there's a little bit different, but she got pulled into then a life of like, you know, abundance and luxury and people thinking and feeling a different way. And, it, and I suppose it's a, a different environment. It's transformation, right? There's orphan girl that doesn't, her parents died, she didn't even know. Yep. And then, you know, there's people that see something in her and she then gets to like, you know, live a different life and express that. And, and then she gets to pull the other girls who are in the orphanage with her. She gets to do the first thing. And I think there's something in that that's translated to what I've done and something that I could see a way out of my situation growing up. So I think that has really impacted me because I still love the movie now. I still love the soundtrack. <laughs> Putting it on changes my mood. So I would yeah. say Annie, yeah. I mean, look at how much <laughs> you're smiling right now just even thinking about the movie. Yeah, so no. there you go. Because <laughs> I've never made this connection before because there's lots of different films, but that was the one that came down I'm like that's probably why you know I was aware of it um but yeah Annie <laughs> love it and so yeah. then do you have a book that gives you a similar uh yeah. feeling or some, something that's been just as impactful you know I haven't read it for ages but when I read um you can heal your life by Louise Hay oh yeah wow that's yeah. a when great I, book yeah when I read that it's been a while since I've read it but I've felt a real shift and change when I read that and the way it made me look at like why we get ill and the things that happened to us in the past and how we manifest that through illness and how we can think ourselves differently and how we can think mm. ourselves into a different way so that was a really powerful book for me so I'm going to say yeah you can heal your life by Louise Hay again it's that empowerment uh, that it kind of gave you and I could and I connected it to so many things when I saw what she was saying with different people I know and different things that happened so um yeah I'm gonna say you can you can heal your life by Louise Hay yeah I absolutely love that it's a great book um because it really helps you link anything physical that might yeah. be going wrong with something essentially uh spiritual emotional or mental that could yeah. be affecting it because yeah, yeah. well everything in life is cause and effect so if the effect that you're experiencing is something physical what's the cause and if you don't know yeah. what the cause is externally then maybe it is something internal yeah and exactly. it's potentially worthwhile exploring because if you can heal it from within then you can heal it from without which is yeah. amazing uh so yeah amazing two great recommendations um and then my final question is mm -hmm. if you could go back in time to one moment to your younger self yeah and give your younger self one piece of advice yeah what age would you go back to and what would you say um i would go back to well you can make me emotional with this question <laughs> um I would go back to um there's like a, again I've done a lot of work on myself right and there's quite a significant memory and it was re recorded as well actually funny enough, my dad filmed it when I was young we were on holiday and mm. we were at um, a pool um we were at a swimming pool I don't know how you can film at swimming pools I don't think like that's a bit weird maybe I was... <laughs> just holding <laughs> the camcorder like... above the the yeah. water yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it was it was the afternoon I thought there was it was filmed just as my dad recorded around uh, we're in the Isle of Wight and there was there was two pools but my mum again playing but it's aggressive play right held me under the water 
<clears throat> she held me under the water, like, and I couldn't breathe, right? Like she was be, trying to be playful, right? Um, and this is a whole other thing that parents can do. You know, when they're overly tickled and that becomes this aggressive play and they get something from it, right? They actually get, you know, um, dopamine released and they get something out of it. It's like, it's aggressive play basically. But she was holding me under the water and she did it a couple of times. And I got into a real panic and I really hated it. And I was telling her to stop, but she didn't. And then I went, I went to the other pool um, and I was crying. And there's, there's video footage of me crying. My mum trying to talk to me, saying, so apologising and all that. But she didn't get up and go to the other pool. And it's this kind of turning moment because I was probably about, I don't know, seven or nine. I was around that age. Um, and I was in this little pool on my own and my family were in this big pool. And this kind of almost this separation where I was kind of alone and like, I could see that, you know what I mean? It's this whole thing, I, you, what you did isn't right. You know that, but you're not willing to really come. You're not making the effort to come over and actually apologize. So I think I would come over to that version of me in the pool. This is going to make me emotional. And I probably would just, I would probably just hug her. And yeah, I'd probably just tell her that things are okay. I, I don't know what exactly I'd say right now, but I think I would just be there for her. I think like she felt like she didn't have mm. anyone. Um, and I don't think it would matter what I said. I think just being in that pool would have made a difference. So yeah, emotional one. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I absolutely love that. And you know, sometimes that's all that's all we need. It's just recognizing yeah. that someone's there. Yeah. And sometimes words don't even need to be said because just energetically knowing that someone's there for you, yeah. uh, able to hold you, and just kind of be in that presence of you exactly. is exactly. enough to let you know that it's all going to be okay yeah and I think people like whether you're a parent or a partner or anything I think sometimes people worry about saying the perfect thing right Do, you know doing the, the right thing I think literally just being there for someone like I sometimes my husband tries to be there for me and he's like what can I do what can I say and I'm like you don't need like there's nothing and he feels like I'm shutting him out it's like well, no I just I just need to know that you're there I just need a hug I just need to know that you're there you don't have to do anything you don't have to say anything it's just about being there I think mm. we can sometimes um, not realize the significance of just reaching out an olive branch or just physically being in someone's presence or you know you don't have to do anything you don't have to say anything it's just the being there makes a massive difference you know someone's not feeling alone with something definitely I think for for men in general that can be quite a, a challenging thing because we're maybe like hardwired to do things uh yeah. so if something is exactly. looking like it's going wrong we want to know what we can do to fix yes. it essentially yeah exactly yeah. uh yeah, but yeah, sometimes yeah. yeah and sometimes just emotionally being available and there without doing anything yeah. is the thing that can fix everything exactly so, yeah. and it takes the pressure off doesn't it feeling yeah. like you have to be this fixer and know exactly what to do just being there's often you can ask the question if that person says there's nothing or they don't want to talk and just let, allow it to be right just you being there is going to make a difference to how they feel someone not feeling alone and this is again you say values as well when you mentioned about that with your partner earlier I don't know if you you know I don't want to go off tone I know we're finishing up now but love languages you know I don't mm. know if you're aware of love languages but yeah. knowing someone's love language so it could be physical touch you know it could be words of affirmation saying something acts of service actually that stuff quality time which is my top one followed by the physical touch you know like knowing their love language you know that's what you need to do so quite I can just be giving someone a hug and that's physical touch as well whereas someone who's words of affirmation they may want you to say something right so actually this awareness and knowing your partner and yourself you start to know what it is that you actually need that's going to make you feel loved or feel supported in that moment as well so definitely yeah listen this has been an incredible uh conversation yeah. and I appreciate the uh, vulnerability as well um i think that's incredibly powerful and hopefully uh everyone listening you know really got something out of that as well because uh, i think some of the most powerful transformative experiences for people come from when other people choose to open up when other people yeah. choose to share what they're actually going through yeah. so listen this has been amazing um where can people find you i'm going to tag you in uh, any post that i do about this anyway but where can people find you yeah, so my podcast, which we mentioned before, so my podcast is Transform with Kirsty Carden. Um, you find me there or on Instagram, it's just at Kirsty Carden. So yeah, either of those places. Amazing. Well, uh, everyone listening, definitely check out Kirsty's profile. Uh, get in touch if you have any questions. I'm sure she'll be more than happy to have a conversation, get in touch, and uh, I'm sure she's more than happy to help. Kirsty, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mindful Creator podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and you got some value from it, I'd really, really appreciate a review. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone that you think could benefit. Thanks again. Have an amazing day and stay visionary.